Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Print On Demand podcast. As always, I'm Josiah, and joining me is Travis, and we're very excited to get into what we have for you today. Travis, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm uh, living large, enjoying a, a little brewski. Um, we've had a good time pre <laughs> pre roll here. We've just yeah. been talking and making jokes. And we, we we've should, actually, yeah, we should have pressed record about forty five minutes ago because we probably would have captured some <laughs> audio gold that we could have forged into some other side podcast project. Yep. Uh, talking yep. about beer. What are you drinking, <laughs> by the way? Tell the people. Uh, I am drinking a uh, let's see a dry dock brewing hazy IPA, and mm. usually I don't like the dry dock because it, it seems like a lot of their beers are um, I don't know weaker, but this, okay. this hazy IPA is uh, it's pretty solid. I'm enjoying it. Well, there you go. I won't, a- I won't ask you what you're drinking because I already know, <laughs> and I don't want to embarrass you in front of all our millions of followers. No, co- yeah, comparatively, uh, you know, um, it's very vanilla to Travis's <laughs> Neapolitan choice of, of beer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Travis, let's get things started with uh, a segment that we call the Point of Interest. You know what time it is. POD cast coming at you. The point of interest, the part of the show where Travis and Joe Sire tell you something you should know. The point of interest. So grab your paper and pen and jot down some notes. Let the learning begin. The point of interest. So go ahead and tell us what is the point of interest for this week. Cool. Well, um, I don't know when you're actually going to be listening to this, um, but. This week, earlier, Merch by Amazon announced that they were adding phone cases as wow. one of their latest products that they can print on, and okay. uh, you can get a royalty on that. It's so what, cool. is that, what is that in addition to, for those listening? They can do – I know they can do T-shirts. Yeah, they can do pop T-shirts. Pop sockets. What else yep. do they have? Uh, they really – it's mainly apparel. Pop sockets was the first non-apparel item they brought on, but it's, it's – uh, I believe it's T-shirts, premium T-shirts – uh, they have right. a sweatshirt, a hoodie, and a long sleeve T-shirt. Okay. Um, and now they've added, you know, phone cases, and it, it makes sense because I think we talked about it on one of our other podcasts. It's just um, they're so there's they they're limited by their storage because they're going to be doing so much volume. They have to order so many blanks. Right. Phone cases are kind of small, so it makes sense that yeah. they would add those. Yeah. So do all accounts have? If someone were to go. Let's say I were to go and sign up for a Merch by Amazon account mm-hmm. in the hopes that I would be able to sell phone cases. <laughs> would I have access to these phone cases off the bat? Is it a tiered approach? Do you have any insight as to who is qualified or allowed at this point? How does that work with them? Right. Well, they've basically their announcements. Their announcement was, "Hey, we're we're launching these. We're going to enable." Uh, the publishing of the phone cases on your account mm. on a rolling basis over the coming weeks. So okay. by the time you actually got around to you know hearing this podcast and signing up to Amazon or Merch by Amazon, you'd probably have access to it. You'd still have to go through the tier account or the tiered 
10, sell 10 items, sell 25 items, all that to right. build up your, your slots. Um, but you could do that by selling iPhone cases. However, I, I was looking at the pricing. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about, tell us about that because I mean, I guess you could also break it down. I don't know if we touched on this very much on, I think the, the, one of the last episodes we talked about the multiple platforms that people can use mm-hmm. to utilize and leverage print on demand to make money. I don't know that we got into pay structure for, for right. Merch by Amazon specifically. So I guess just for a kind of an apples to apples uh, comparison, what how much do you make on a T-shirt? What's Amazon take? And then kind of like what does that look like for the phone case? Kind of explain the price structure there. Sure. Um, well, on the T-shirt, it's all of their – well, first of all, Amazon Merch by Amazon pays you in royalties. They don't pay you right. – Because it's your uh, art. So, yeah, it's your art you're licensing to the platform, and then they're putting it on the shirt, and you're getting a royalty based on what you sell. Okay. Um, and so that royalty is based on the purchase price. For example, on a T-shirt, if you um, – now – and they continue to um, make the royalty smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> right, and if, if you right. talk to people that have been in Merch by Amazon for a long time, they'll tell you you know the woe that they've gone, you know, gone through because they used to be able to sell a shirt for – you know, eleven ninety nine, twelve ninety nine, and still make something. Um, but now, so for example, if you if you sell a, a, sh- a t shirt, just a regular t shirt for fifteen ninety nine, your royalty is two dollars and twenty one cents. If you wow. sell it, yeah, if you sell it for nineteen ninety nine, you make five dollars and twenty three cents. For twenty five ninety nine, which is a that's a pretty, you know, that's, that's a, a lot for an Amazon t-shirt. You really anyway. want that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you can make $9.77. So that's their standard t-shirt. Wow. Now, I they do I have remember, some premium. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, so, no, I was just saying, I was going to say, I remember when we, because we used to have an Merch by Amazon account as well. Mm-hmm. And if memory serves me correctly, if, I, if we sold the shirt for $20 at that point, we would make seven fifty dollars a shirt. Yeah. I right? think you're right. I think it was like, yeah, it was right around seven, seven and a half bucks. Wow. So they've definitely cut into that margin. Um, you so know, are people still trying to, I, I know we have a, a mutual uh, acquaintance. He, he, you could probably call him a friend. He's, a, he's an acquaintance to me, but I know like, uh, you know, Chris Green was very hard and, and very um, fervent about preaching Merch by Amazon mm-hmm. back then has he changed his tune? Is it more? Is he saying it's a volume game now, or how does that work with his with with the royalty you're being paid being so significantly less? Yeah, I, I don't know what what he would say about it. I know he's got you know some uh, some training materials that he's put out uh, helping people kind of make money through Merch by Amazon and other print on demand platforms. Yeah. But I, I I do think he still preaches it. I mean, I mean, th- let's face it, there is a a pretty awesome feeling to do something once and then get paid in perpetuity. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, and you never sure. have to do any more work for that. Right. You know, so even if it is three bucks or four bucks or whatever, um, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I, you know, I mentioned I have a couple of accounts and, um, I make, you know, a few hundred dollars a month and I haven't uploaded a t-shirt and months, you know, right. and, and I, I hadn't done it probably in a year before the last time I did it. So, uh, so but it's just a little think, bit of extra money that's trickling in every month. Do you think that's probably, I, I didn't, I don't mean to kind of delve into a rabbit hole, but it's just kind of questions that, that the listener might be asking and might be curious. Do you think that's kind of Amazon's mindset when it comes to 
you know, they're lowering the the royalty, but like you said, the reality is it's essentially free money, especially if you're not paying anyone to create that design. Mm. You're just going to throw it up once, and then you're making a free 250 so be grateful that you're making that free 250 Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't think that's why they um, raised their prices um, or lowered the royalty, however you sure. want to look at it. I, I think it's directly related to their costs, and, you sure. know, they did – they have so much data. I mean, they have – data out the yin yang, you know, yeah, or the, yeah. the wazoo. And so they take that data and they say, well, we're going to have to do, cause, cause technically Amazon is, is the, the seller. We're not the seller Correct. on this Correct. particular product. Yeah. So you and I both sell on Amazon as the seller and we have to deal with, um, you know, customer service returns, all of yeah. that stuff. And so Amazon's taking care of all of that stuff. And so they must've looked at that looked at the volume they were doing, looked at the the expense of the maintenance on the machines that they had to um, continually, you know, maintain and, yeah. and, and keep working. Ink, and ink they just, by itself is astronomical, yeah. which we both know. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, over time, they just slowly, you know, raised their price or their profits, yeah. which lowered the royalty for the for the seller. So yeah. So anyway, the, the phone cases, if you sell it, this is funny to me because, um, the phone case, you sell it for 1499, you get 80 cents, uh, <laughs> all the way up to 1999, you get $4 and 28 cents. Now, now we laugh because we both kind of know the printing side of it and like how much sure. the blank costs sure. and how much it would actually cost to print <laughs> right, on that. Right, right, right. And, and what we could potentially make on that. Um, but you know what? There's a lot of people that um, they're just good artists or they've already got, you know, thousands of, of T-shirts and they're just going to kind of use that art to repurpose it for phone cases. And they're totally fine with these prices. You know, if they can basically flood the market, it really becomes a numbers game um, when yeah. you get up into the higher tiers and particularly sure. in Merch by Amazon. Well, I, I think when you're selling on channels, as we talked about last episode, in general, it's really a numbers game. And yeah. that's the same thing here. It's just that um, when you've actually done the printing and shipped it yourself, you look at this these numbers and it, it does give you the, the giggles. <laughs> yeah, especially because if, if you look at the phone cases that are out there, I feel like People are gonna really like a fifteen dollar phone case. I'll, I'll I, speaking personally, I'll pay fifteen dollars or more for a phone case if I know that it's going to be something that protects my phone, that mm-hmm. offers a water resistant option. You know right. that you know has a cool stand on it, so I don't have to whatever. But to me, if, as a consumer, I'm like, I don't know if I'd pay fifteen dollars for something with a clever. I mean, people will. I'm just saying personally for me. Yeah. Uploading it, I'm like, ah, man, that's kind of fifteen dollars to make eighty cents. I don't know, but that, I mean, like you said, it's a numbers game, and you and I both know from doing mugs and T-shirts that the most ridiculous crap ever sells. sells. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not to say that you won't make money doing it. It's just saying, as a consumer, I look at it and be like, I don't think that's fifteen dollars, but people will <laughs> buy it. We all know, <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's, it happens. Um, so yeah, yeah, with that, um. Yeah, that's very exciting news. Uh, I think. I mean, it's cool to see that they're ex- expanding their their product catalog. So, um, I, I think unless you have anything else, I think that wraps up kind of this week's point of interest. All right, so now we're gonna go into our main event. 
I think, you know, for this one, I asked you a lot of questions for the point of interest. And I think I'm going to kind of hand the question asking baton. It reminds me of New Girl when, when Jess is a teacher and they have to, the talking stick or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> the feelings stick or, or whatever. Feeling uh, stick. The feeling yes. stick, yes. So I'm going to hand our equivalent to the feeling stick to you. Tell the people what our main topic is and then uh, feel free to roll and ask questions and, and we'll go from okay. there. Okay, I, I don't want to cry. I got the feeling stick. You're you're you want me to be vulnerable <laughs> now or something? I don't know. Um, no, the 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 uh, the main topic today is we're going to be talking about influencer marketing, and um, it's it's kind of foreign to me. I mean, I understand it as much as I've heard you really talk about it, right? Um, because I don't I don't actually do this, but it's something that your company, What for Apparel, has really jumped into. Uh, quite a bit in the last year, two years. Um, so why don't you just kind of give us an overview of what, um, what you mean when you say, uh, influencer marketing, what does that mean when it comes to print on demand? For sure. So I guess first we'll, we'll preface, I'll preface this with saying that this is, you know, if you're looking, you know, you can, you can use this on multiple platforms and it's, it's, it's a, you know, you'll make, it's the most beneficial, I think, if you are printing and doing all the stuff yourself, because there's more of the pie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. <clears throat> but essentially what influencer marketing means is you, I'm sure those listening have heard the phrase, you know, social media influencer when it r- comes to Instagram or YouTube or whatever people with large followings. So basically right. what influencer marketing does is you, you approach those people with those massive followings and say, we want to produce a line of merchandise specific to your channel, your brand, your cause, whatever it is that you're raising awareness for, whatever it is, and give you the opportunity to monetize that following and and the brand that you've built using print-on-demand for merch, Mm -hmm. for shirts, for hoodies. So that's kind of like 30,000-foot view what that means. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, I know some of the people that you have, uh, you know, partnered with and some of the some of the brands that you guys are representing. Um, but I think for our listeners, why don't you start off and why don't you give us an idea of how you're finding these influencers? I mean, are you literally just, uh, you know, finding them on on uh, the various social channels and just just right. sending a, a tweet or a DM or, or how are right. you how are you finding these people? Yeah, it is a lot of the, I guess it would be the social media equivalent of cold calling <laughs> for, to use a, <laughs> to use a, a traditional sales uh, term. But, you know, you, um, for, for me personally, I started out using Twitter a lot. I have, my wife crushes it on Instagram, fo- following mm. Instagram followers, what she does to find people is she'll search hashtags. And, you know, she has Bonnie Jean's Homestead Prints, which is a, you know, cheap plug. Go check out that store. Lots of pillows and signs and home decor stuff. So she'll search search hashtags for hours. Hashtag home decor. Hashtag vintage whatever. Hashtag. And she'll just search them and scroll through and find people with a, you know, a good following and DM them. And she's had miraculous success. I say miraculous because... 
every time I reach out to someone on Instagram, it goes unanswered 100% of the time. And I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing wrong, you know, but she's got the magic touch with that. It's the cologne you're wearing. uh, You need to to change colognes. (laughs) Probably. Uh, So uh, for me, I started out um, soliciting and sending, you know, cold call DMs on Twitter. Um. And I, mm-hmm. I specifically focused on a specific niche, which for me, because I've been a pro wrestling fan since I was five years old, was pro wrestling. Searching independent pro wrestlers, podcasts to talk about pro wrestling, and just sending DMs. Hey, this is what we can do. Hey, this is how we can help you. Hey, we'd love to produce merch for you. So in the beginning, it was very much kind of a, like a volume. Just, just ask and DM everyone you find ever because we need to start the traction. I don't care if they have 500 followers and 500 subscribers. I don't care. We just need to get established, right? So um, that was the strategy in the beginning. But yeah, so so that's where I find them. I find them on Twitter. I find them on recently. TikTok has been wildly successful. But but typically, that's where we'll find it is um, hmm. on, on random social media platforms. And I will say... One of the biggest pieces of advice I can give and something that I've learned over the last two years is that the number of followers that someone has doesn't dictate success. I've been super yeah. I've been super hyped to find someone with a hundred thousand followers, sign them up, give them a store, and it's crickets for <laughs> months. So what mm. I've what I've done is I'll go into their content what they're posting Mm -hmm. and I'll go into the comments and I'll see if they've responded to comments, if they've, you know, commented themselves, basically, basically gauging the, the engagement they have with their followers, because if they're engaged, if they're, if they're interacting, when they launch something, it's going to be more successful because these people have a vested interest in this guy's success because he makes them feel seen. If that makes sense. So don't yeah. get don't get caught up if you, if you find an account with five hundred thousand followers that's awesome DM them if they say yes that's even better but and and I hate to say this I ha- I hate to use the word cynicism because that's not what it is but I guess it's a, an objectiveness that I've developed that I don't really get excited about high volume followers anymore because we we started with a, there's a lady that we do home decor with. She started, I think she had like, I don't know, 25,000 followers, maybe, which is a really, minis- I mean, in, in comparison to the high vo- high number of followers, it's kind of minuscule, yeah. and that's no disrespect to her because she's awesome, and she's built it since then, but we went with her, and she outsold every single one of our partners, even people that had larger followings, because she was engaged, mm-hmm. because she was always in front of them, because she was going live, because she was asking questions, so don't get caught up. <clears throat> In, in a high, you know, 500,000 follower count. And, and also yeah. don't be discouraged if they don't produce because that's just kind of par for the course. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That was, that was actually going to be my next question was, um, you know, what percentage of influencers actually, you know, do well or what you would consider right. well. In other words, <laughs> if you, if you, you get 10 people or 10 influencers sure. or 10 people that have a mm-hmm. brand or whatever, how many of those are going to, you know, in your mind, be a success? Right. I don't know um, percentage 
wise, but I will say this. If I send out, let's say I send out 15 solicitations on various platforms. Right. Of those 15, probably five will respond to me. Of those five, maybe three or four will sign up for a store. Of those three or four that sign up for a store, one or two will actually move volume. It's not a very high percentage, but just like in all sales, um, Mm -hmm. it's a volume game. Just get out there, ask questions. Yeah. Um, Right. Talk to people who know the people you're already working with. There's a guy that we work with on TikTok who's sent us, you know, five accounts by himself just saying, hey, Hmm. reach out to this dude. Because if you if you perform well for the people that you do land, they will recommend you. Um, It goes back to when we were in Portland. I remember the first kind of convention and trade show that we went to for this industry we asked a lot of questions, or at least I did, like, what's your, how do you advertise? How do you put yourself out there? And almost to the person, they were like, we don't. It's word of mouth. It's yeah, recommendations. It's, all word of it's mouth. referrals. Yeah. It's, and I thought they were full of crap. I, honestly, I did. <laughs> but it, it's actually very true. You get referred. If you, do a, if you do a good job and you execute, you get referred to the next person. So it is a low percentage, but don't be disheartened because the people that do move volume, they will move it consistently for you. And so if you keep if you keep throwing out the net, you'll get a couple fish that keep producing and the more you get one or two of those guys a month or whatever, it adds up for sure. And before you yeah. know it, you're yeah. like I, I I can't get a handle, you know, on this volume. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um I know I, I we didn't actually talk about this as as one of our um in in our notes in our yeah, show no, notes, but yeah. uh one thing that I I know or I I've, you know, we're talking about influencer marketing and and when you think about, you know, social media influencers, you think, obviously you think, you know, all social media and all internet and all, you know, reaching (laughs) out. But I also know your business a little bit that you guys have, um, kind of taken to the streets. Um, you know, you and Jason, uh, you know, and we were literally, I was with Jason last night, we were at George boys barbecue and I know you guys have printed up some of their shirts. And so, um, so when we talk about influencer marketing, it's not just internet. It's anyone who has influence anyone over that has anything. A customer base. Yeah. And yeah. Speak to that. How does some yeah. of those things come out? So, you know, I'm trying to th- give words to this. So basically in sales in life, you know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. It's just, you have to distinguish yourself and kind of put yourself, set yourself apart from what's out there. So for for local businesses, the foot in the door for us is, you know, we we offer to to give them an online store because um, I guess to get into more just real quick specifics, we do direct to garment printing, which is different from different from screen printing, uh, which screen printing, you have to, you know, order 75 to 100 shirts at a time to make it worth their money, because that's a labor intensive process from burning screens to Mm -hmm. mixing ink to all of that stuff. For us, because it's direct to garment, which basically is like a giant inkjet printer, is the most crude way, you know, simple way you can describe it. It's easy for us to do one or two, and we don't have minimum order quantities because we don't have to, it's not as labor intensive. So that also allows us to do print on demand a lot easier. 
So for local businesses, the the initial pitch is like, hey, we'll open up an online store, let your customers order from it, and then we'll ship it directly to your customers. You don't have to house inventory. You don't have to buy up front. It's a lot more cost effective for restaurants mm-hmm. whose spending capital is usually tied yeah. up in everything else but merch, right? Um, right. So, so yeah, you're, you're right in the fact that influencer marketing does have a connotation to online and e-commerce. But if you if you're listening and you have, you know, local restaurants and businesses that you know would sell merch that you could know you could move, they are influencers within the sphere of your town and within the sphere of your people, your friend group. They have influence right. and it will result into sales. So yeah, don't. I'm glad you brought this mm-hmm. up. Don't necessarily put all your eggs in the e-commerce basket. Get out there, hit the streets, talk to people you know, talk to the local restaurant that you yeah. yourself frequent and patronize, uh, you know, weekly, and say, "Hey, let's let's do some merch and and have them." The whole the beauty of influencer marketing is that you you give them a platform, they advertise for you, they drive the traffic to whatever site, to whatever order form, to whatever it is that you put out there. They do all of the heavy lifting on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. You just have to right. produce and ship what they've already sold and marketed to their following. That's that's your yeah. part of it. You know what I mean? So that that's to me that's the beauty because I don't I don't have time to be everyone's marketing department or or strategist <laughs> or whatever. That's on them, which is another reason why some perform and some don't. But your job is just to literally fulfill and ship and produce what they've already sold to their base. Yeah. And, and to even take it a step further, I, I um, you know, you guys have those shirts that they sell, you know, at, at Georgia yeah. boys yeah. that you guys, and you probably, I, you know, you made them a store and whatnot. And then all of a sudden that owner says, Hey, you know what? I need some shirts for my kitchen staff or we yeah. need to do some hats. And, what was that guy's name that did the store for us? Right. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's a great foot in the door. And then that guy is, you know, out to dinner or out, you know, at a, at a, uh, chamber meeting with some other restauranteurs and, uh, and you know, they're talking about business and he goes and somebody brings up garments and you're top of mind. And so it's, it's the same type of thing that your TikTok guy is giving, you know, you guys referrals. It's, it, it, it really is a referral based business um, when you get outside of those, you know, the, what we talked about in the last episode, the sales channels, you know, right. when you get into like actually, um, you know, just basically doing, being a service business provider. to right. these yeah. different, yeah, yeah provider totally. networking is everything. So you've got to yeah. make sure that you're kicking you, butt and taking names when it comes to customer service and yep. quality, yeah. answering their questions. And so yeah. that leads me to my next question. What common objections do you hear from these guys? Like when you're trying to close that deal, you're trying to make that sale. What are some of the things just so our listeners can kind of get an idea of what they might hear yeah. if they decide to go and try this? Yeah. So a lot of the, uh, because it, it is a different kind of approach to selling merch because restaurants Speaking, you know, specifically for now to those kind of brick and mortar stores, you know, for lack of a better term, with those guys, the biggest hurdle and the biggest objections is they don't really understand print on demand or how 
e-commerce can kind of help their business and their bottom line, their bottom, the bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of explaining, you know, what you are doing, what print on demand is, how we can benefit them in saving money. And once they kind of get a grasp on the fact like, you know, hey, if you want to order 15 shirts to have in your store, that's cool. What we're telling you is you don't have to buy 150 and sit on 125 of them for a year. You can <laughs> you can order 15 and sell as you need to move. Uh, it's totally fine yeah. with us. So for them, that's that's the biggest the biggest issue um, that that we've uh, uh, encountered. The biggest objection is they just don't really understand the uh, the platform that that we're giving them. Okay. What about what about your for, online your you know, social media influencers? Yeah, for for online, and I, I'm I'm trying to kind of think through the biggest. You know, they they want to know the biggest thing for our online people. I have found is their biggest objection is how do I know that this is going to be legitimate? How am I going to know? Because, because who are you? Yeah. To (laughs) to kind of peel back the curtain. I'm not looking at this. Yeah. You're not looking at them in the eye like you are when you walk into that restaurant. Totally. It's it's on the phone. You're just text on a screen. I will tell you the, the biggest thing that I've done in probably the last year is any inquiry I get or any response to an inquiry that I've sent I schedule a call first thing because mm-hmm. if they can hear me, it's way better than text on the screen because yeah, that's to peel a back, nugget right there, man, to, to peel back the curtain a little further on how we pitch to these people. It's literally, Hey, found you on, you know, X platform. Love what you're doing. We want to get, we'd love a chance to earn your business. Uh, here's who we are, what we do. No cost up front to you. Let us know if you're interested. So a lot of people that are interested who reach out, because of the no cost up front, it can come across as like someone's trying to scam me. When are they going to ask for my bank account information? You know what I mean? Like it's, right, just, yeah, yeah. it's kind <laughs> of fugazi a little bit. It just feels weird. <laughs> so the biggest thing that I've done in the last year is let's schedule a call. Let's do a Zoom meeting. How can I talk to you face-to-face, even virtually, or how can you hear yeah. my intent and, and, mm-hmm. and listen to me speak to you about what we're doing and know that this is on the up and up, and we literally, the reason that What For Apparel was created was to give creatives and creative people a way to kind of monetize hobbies because people who are doing TikTok and podcasts and all this stuff, it's not their full-time gig. But if we are able to give them a platform to monetize that and make a supplemental income, that's awesome. And that's why we want to mm-hmm. partner with them. So yeah. the, the biggest objection, honestly, that I have gotten, the, the number one question that I've ever gotten from any client that I've talked to is, what's the catch? Where, <laughs> where's the fine print? When mm-hmm. do you guys ask for my social security number? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> and, and yeah. that's just the way we're framing. I'm only speaking in how we're framing our business model. You know, you don't have to do, you know, no cost up front and open an online store for free type stuff. That's not, you don't have to follow that verbatim, but just for us, the way we've kind of positioned ourselves, that's the biggest thing. And they want to know that we will follow through. And that's why. Yeah. Execution goes back to getting more referrals 
also, Mm -hmm. but execution and doing things well also lands you the initial account. So, Mm. you know, and it's a learning process. And I I had had a a conversation with a client today. We sent him out a bulk order and there was like five stuff that was, the designs were mixed up or something didn't come out quite as crisp. And we got on a call. He told me what was going on. And I said, hey, man, here's probably why this happened, but we'll fix it for you. We'll remedy it. I know that there's customers that paid for that. And his piece of advice is like, dude, I know mistakes will happen because we're human. But the biggest thing is how how you respond to those mistakes. If you were to tell me that these didn't happen or it's not your fault or whatever and kind of like blame shift – then I would have a bad taste in my mouth. But you guys consistently own any mistakes you make and you make it right and they don't happen again. So mm-hmm. that's another, you know, just be transparent, be honest, execute and um, yeah. know, know the business model, know how to explain, know, just, just be knowledgeable. And, and overcoming objections is, is something that you learn over time. You might yeah. lose the first one, but you won't lose the second one because you've learned how to overcome those objections. But for us, it, it really is like, how do I know you guys are, are, are the real deal? You know? Yeah. You're le- or how do you know you're legit? How do I know you're going to deliver? Yeah. Those types of questions. That makes, yep. that makes sense. It's so, scary for the first client. I remember you and I were in Vegas when we landed our first client and, uh, I, I took a swing at what I thought would be a home run turned out it was a, you know, a single, maybe a double could have been a bunt. I don't know, but I could have swore <laughs> it was going to be a home run. And, uh, I, I literally pitched him and I, we, we didn't have, we didn't even have a machine when I messaged him. <laughs> we didn't have a printer. <laughs> he asked me if I could have a store up in a week. And I said, yes. <laughs> and, and at our Airbnb in Vegas, I stayed up one night mm-hmm. and built his store, built his mock-ups, got the designs, like literally busted my ass to get this yeah. done. And I didn't even know how it was going to turn out. But because of that one client, because we executed, because we were transparent, it led to referrals. It led to more people, more attention to who we are. We were brand new. And so... Yeah. It's kind of a, it's definitely a leap of faith at some point, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the journey. And, and again, letting people know that you're legit and yeah. And knowing your, your business model, you know? Okay. Well, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit more and ask you one more question. Yeah. Or I'm going to ask you to pull back the curtain and (laughs) why don't you tell our listeners how, how you, I mean, the, 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 Number one question people are thinking is how how do you make money? How do you structure you this? What are the things? Yeah, yeah, how do how does it make sense for both parties? How is yeah. it a win-win for your clients? So there's a couple of different ways that you can do this. The first one uh that we don't do is um which doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just what we've chosen. We haven't chosen to go this route in this model. Um you can take a percentage of sales. Uh you can talk mm-hmm. to your partner, potential partner, clients, hey, we take 10% of everything that sells in a month and you get the rest. Um, that's one way to do it. The way we... And you mean profits, sure, obviously, sure. after the cost of goods. After the and, cost yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. 10% okay. of profits, sure. you, you, and then you get the rest. What we've done, um, and this and this goes back to 
you know, explaining it well to the potential partner. But what we've done is we've set a wholesale price that includes the cost of the garment, the cost of ink, the cost of labor, and the cost of shipping materials. And obviously we've we've done enough to where we we make, you know, we double or not better the investment for us. And we call that our wholesale price. So for and also keep in mind, and this goes back to what we I talked about with Merch by Amazon, because it's no cost up front, it's everything is literally free money to to the partners. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. that they really invest. So for example, we take our basic soft style Gildan t shirt that we print on mm-hmm. is twelve dollars and fifty cents. That includes a full color front print. That includes, you know, like I said, cost of the garment, shipping, labor, all that kind of stuff. So then we tell our partner, uh, whatever you market up above the retail price, you get to keep. So that means if they sell a shirt for $25, it's a 50-50 split. You know, if they sell Mm -hmm. it for $19, basically you take the retail price, subtract our wholesale price, and then what's after that is what they get to take home at the end of each month. So we've made sure that our prices include everything we need, uh, including commissions, you know, for the salespeople. Everything's factored into our wholesale price. Mm-hmm. And then they literally get to keep everything else that they mark up above that, which I have found they usually ask, okay, what's the percentage? 15, 20, 10, how much are you taking out of my pocket? And for for us to say, hey, this is our wholesale price. Everything we need to make is in this. Anything you mark above that, you get to keep. It's, for whatever reason, seems to be an anomaly to some people. Or not, maybe not an <laughs> anomaly, but it's it's a weird exception to the rule. And they're very yeah. excited that, oh, you mean I can dictate how much I make? Like, I don't have to worry about a yeah, percentage, awesome. you know? So, so that's how it's justified, and that's how both sides can make the money. They can make as much or as little as they want. We've had some people that are like, you know what? I'd rather just get a lot of volume out there and get my name out there. I'm going to, I'm only going to market up two bucks and make two bucks a shirt. And we've had people that have said, I'm going to market up, you know, $12 and 50 cents. It's totally to their discretion, which the more, the more you control, you give them, the more you give the partners, the keys to drive the car, the more excited they are to really, you know, get into it. How are you getting the art? Are you, Doing the the art for them? Are you getting the art from them and then creating a shirt? Is it kind of very customer to customer? A little bit of both. Um, We do offer, you know, we have a couple programs that we offer, and design collaboration is one of them. You know, we have an in-house design team, and we say, hey, you know, um, you can send us your designs. Here's the specifications. Here's the file type that we need. You can send us your own designs, which is fine. We have a design collaboration program in which, you know, we'll give you the first 10 for free. And then after the first 10, we'll charge you X amount per, per design created. We'll invoice you directly for those. Um, so we, we give that option. And a lot of people are thankful because not a lot of people are designers or not a lot of people know designers um, that can help them yeah. create their graphics, which is, which is just a kind of a customer service thing that kind of also sets us apart of like, hey, we'll help you out to a certain point, but after that you will have to pay, you know, whatever amount per design. So it's, it's a, it's a little bit of both as far as the art. Okay, cool. Well, I know there's probably about a million more questions (laughs) um, about, about this. And um, I would, 
encourage our listeners, if you have more questions about this, um, you can get in touch with Josiah by emailing the show, info yeah. at printondemandcast.com. That's info at printondemandcast.com. And just put, you know, question for Josiah. Yep. And, uh, you know, even specifics. He's. I think you've been really um, transparent on the show. You talked about your actual prices that you're yeah. <laughs> charging. And, I mean, you've been very, you really did pull back the curtain. So, so guys, don't hesitate to ask him to pull back the curtain even more, you know, in your yeah, email. T- totally. You never know what you'll get from him. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, basically, it's treating the listener like a potential partner, which, I, you know, whether you are or not is, is neither here nor there. Yeah. But I, you know, I haven't really shared anything that I wouldn't share with a potential client that is wanting sure. to partner with us. So, but that's the thing, yeah. S- send an email, notate the subject field that you want more information or whatever. I talk to people on a daily basis and have great conversations and I love kind of getting to know people even over the phone. So yeah, if you have, if you have questions, we can set up a call or I can respond an email, but yeah. um, it would be, uh, it'd be great. So yeah, reach out. I'm, I'm more than happy yeah. to, to answer more questions. And if you're lucky, you'll even get to hold the sharing stick. Yeah. Uh, which you know, I when, guess, when, I guess we better, when you have a conversation one. with him, <laughs> yeah, we need to make a sharing stick. <laughs> It'll oh, be available man. at whatforpail.com slash <laughs> you can buy your own sharing, sharing stick. stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, well, hey man, do you got anything it. else for, for everybody or do you want to kind of wrap this thing up? Yeah, no, let's put a bow on it. I think we're good as always. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. And uh, as Travis mentioned, where, you know, where can you get the podcast? You can go to printondemandcast.com. And you can also send us an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Let us know if you have any questions, you have a subject you want us to cover for the next episodes, whatever it is, we'd be happy to do that for you. And as always, if you find this information helpful, if you have found it to be, if you've, you know, kind of panned for gold and found some golden nuggets of knowledge (laughs) and insight in this episode, rate on iTunes and subscribe. It definitely helps our metrics and we're greatly appreciative of it. But other than that, I, I, I'm good. Travis, anything else for you? Or should we just cue the intro music that's amazing and transforms humans' hearts and minds? I think we should cue that music. <laughs> Guys, take it easy. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.